Welcome back to another episode of the Zach and Jack Sports Betting Podcast. We are three guys sharing our insight and analysis related to sports gambling, primarily focused on college football and the NFL. Every week, we put our money where our mouth is by sharing our locks of the week. For our plays, we keep track of our records and follow up in subsequent episodes. This is episode 12. Looking forward to week 14 of the college football season and week 13 in the National Football League. This week, we will focus on CFB for the first half of the episode and follow it up with our NFL coverage. We bring back our segments WTF, standing for What the Football, where we go over a few games that went horribly wrong from this past weekend and how we can use that information to analyze future matchups. Following that, we will go into our news from the past week. We will recap scores and stats from last week's games as well, while I'm sure we will touch a number of other topics along the way. I'm Zach. I'm Jack. Keith. Let's go ahead and move into college football from this past weekend. Before we break down a handful of games, let's open things up with our first segment, WTF, which stands for What the Football. In the early time slot, Zach locked up NC State, laying 14.5 points versus Syracuse. First off, what the fuck even was this game? And more importantly, WCF happened with this lock, Zach. WCF. Clearly, I didn't expect NC State to come out and play like Syracuse normally plays. The Orange hung around all game, even looked like they might pull off the upset. I officially declared the Wolfpack cover to be over late in the second quarter. There was a couple times they got you know close or got maybe even up a touchdown, and it looked like maybe there was a slight chance for the back door. But regardless, Syracuse didn't turn the ball over, and their defense forced two big turnovers. I think that was the main difference in this game as far as the cover goes. Rex Culpepper got his first start at QB for Syracuse since losing to Wake Forest 38-14, to and he played well enough to certainly keep that job for the Orange. Another disappointing lock on my part, which is going to play into me taking a bye week this coming weekend. Unfortunately, I watched this whole game, especially down to the end. After taking an unnecessary and costly third down sack, uh, this man managed to spike the ball with one second left on fourth down for a turnover rundowns to lose the game, and NC State somehow managed to win this one 36-29. Yeah, I guess what we can learn from this game is not only that Syracuse is pretty much as bad as we thought, but the Wolfpack are also pretty bad. Did last episode, if you remember, I said that spread was kind of iffy. This was a crazy game down at the end. Me and Keith were both watching it, and it was just upsetting how bad NC State kept doing, but Syracuse blowing it with one second left kind of made up for it. So, Zach, as he said, be fading locking games this week. We'll get further into that later on, but moving along, let's go ahead and recap a few other games we found interesting from this past Saturday. Yeah, there was one game that I took interest to last Saturday afternoon that I thoroughly enjoyed, and that was East Carolina Pirates laying the smackdown on SMU. The My Little Ponies last week, they got some revenge for us boys in the podcast. Ultimately, SMU lost this game 52-38. to They were down 45-7 to at halftime, and SMU was 11.5 point favorites in this game. Watching them just get boat raced by ECU was really vindicating for me, as I have a little bit of SMU PTSD from earlier in the year. For non-weekday Saturday matching, Buffalo defeated Kent State 70-41 behind stud running back Jared Patterson. This man is an absolute stud. Told y'all to get on the Buffalo bandwagon, and look who came through, Jared Patterson. I thought it was really funny how one point in the game, the stat line on CBS came up and it said, Jared Patterson's six touchdowns, career high. Oh, really? You don't say. Six touchdowns, I never would have guessed, but apparently it tied a record of his from last year, so. Next game, we want to stop on real quick. Coastal Carolina defeated Texas State 49-14. to uh, We will talk more about these Shanta clears here shortly. 
In the absolutely horrendous Big Ten, Michigan State defeated Northwestern 29-20 and Penn State beat Michigan 27-17. A little bit of a situation in the Big Ten right now. Ohio State has two games left, and if either of those are canceled, they are ineligible to play in the Big Ten Championship per the rules laid down by the Big Ten at the beginning of this COVID season. But Barry Alvarez, athletic director of Wisconsin, has said that there is a potential for the ADs for all the Big Ten schools to go to change the rules. It'll be really interesting to see what happens in the next couple of weeks. Michigan and Minnesota this weekend is actually canceled because Michigan has some COVID issues. So we'll have to keep an eye on that to see if that bleeds into next week. Right now, it's looking like Ohio State is possibly in jeopardy to not play in the Big Ten championship game. So we'll just have to keep it locked on the Big Ten and, and see what kind of finagling they do to get Ohio State into the playoff. Yeah, it's funny how the Big Ten is late to the party to get football rolling again. I understand it. I respect that they were taking all the proper precautions. But then once they decided to start playing, they had a terrible plan. No bye weeks. Games are getting canceled left and right because of COVID. And I think it'd be hilarious if Michigan just decided to cancel the game against Ohio State because Michigan knows they can't beat Ohio State. So their best way to beat Ohio State is to cancel the game and try to ruin Ohio State's chances at the playoff. I'm not saying... That's what they're going to do, but I'm just saying that would be a pretty funny troll move, and I don't think that'd be above Jim Harbaugh to try to pull a fast one like that. His coaching career is pretty much done with that that school now, so I wouldn't be surprised. It'd be a good way to go out, if anything. The uh, the message boards and the forums for Michigan fans are actually all calling for that same thing. So at least they're self-aware enough to realize that they can't beat Ohio State on the football field. So they have to beat Ohio State by taking them off the football field and disqualifying them. Petty, I love it. Um, let's not forget to mention my college football lock of the week. Took Colorado laying three points versus San Diego State. And the Buffs ultimately won that game 20-10. to 10. Very, very much a snooze fest. San Diego State, not very good. Kind of knew that. I kind of gave Colorado a little bit too much credit they're not very good either so uh, moving along the games we are looking forward to in this coming weekend for the first time in chanticleer's history boys college game day will be hosted in conway south carolina as the liberty flames will face the number 18 ranked triple c's this is the unofficial zach and jack sports betting game of the year so this line opened at Coastal Carolina as a six-point favorite, and the line has since moved another five and a half points in their favor. Apparently, Liberty quarterback Malik Willis has tested positive for COVID-19 Wednesday morning. Obviously, this makes the game we are most looking forward to this week not as exciting, but they are retesting Malik, and so his status is up in the air as of the time of this taping. Yeah, and another note, apparently BYU is in talks with Coastal Carolina to play Coastal this Saturday if Liberty can't go due to COVID issues. That's something to keep an eye on if the undefeated BYU Cougars go into Coastal for that. A big matchup. You think it's kind of funny how BYU is willing to play a Sunbelt team that's undefeated, but they're not willing to play some scrubs that are in the Pac-12? Are they that worried? <laughs> yeah, they're scared of Washington, but they'll play Coastal Carolina, who no one knew about before this year. You know, I know we're all upset that Malik Willis is probably not going to play this game. He is asymptomatic, so there is hope that he still could test negative before game time. And then anyone that hopped on Liberty plus 11 or the Juicy plus 365 money line will be paid off for it. But I think it's more than likely that probably doesn't happen. So for this bad news to come through, like I'm kind of upset. But I think it would be interesting for BYU to come into and ultimately have them get stomped on by the Triple C's. So any other games that we like for this week, guys? 
ULL plus two and a half at App State over under in this game is 52. I like the over in that. However, there is some potential weather in Boone, North Carolina. So that's one to keep an eye on. Keith, anything you want to say about your fighting Irish heading into this week? Yeah, so I also like Notre Dame minus 34 versus Syracuse. Uh, the over under in that one is 51 and a half as well. We could see Notre Dame winning that 45 nothing, and so the over doesn't hit. So definitely bet that at your own risk. There was actually an interesting scheduling decision made by the ACC to cancel next week's game, uh, Notre Dame against Wake Forest. And Florida State wanted to make up the game in which they ducked Clemson. That game has also been canceled by the ACC. That gives the presumptive two teams who are going to play in the ACC championship a week off before that game. And Notre Dame is actually already in the ACC championship game, win or lose against Syracuse, though they should pretty easily take care of business. I think Notre Dame is already in the playoff as well, barring any sort of bomb. Right now, I'm feeling pretty good about the Irish. They're sitting pretty going into the college football postseason. Moving right along, Clemson minus 22 at Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech has shown themselves to be abysmal when it comes to good competition. And you can ask the Liberty Flames about that. I think Clemson will cover that 22 pretty pretty easily. Uh, games I'm looking at pretty much locks to any part away. Boise State money line versus UNLV. Boise State's four and one, and UNLV is currently zero and five. I'm gonna fade the ULL App State game. That is a Friday night game. Just um, I think that should be a really good game, but that's just one I'm fading. Oklahoma State is a two and a half point favorite uh, at TCU. I was considering locking this one this week. Doesn't look like I'm gonna do that, but still a game that I'm looking at. Yeah, I was considering locking that one as well, but I found a, a game I like more, and I actually skipped over that and reading off the lines I like, so that's a, definitely a solid pick as well. I guess that's most of the games I like. Uh, Wyoming at New Mexico. These guys keep giving me a hard time saying Wyoming's going to lose for some reason, but not going to happen. So Wyoming money line, minus 600, something like that, but lock it up. Easy parlay ad. I was looking forward to Kent State playing Miami of Ohio. That game was canceled, unfortunately. Kent State uh, put up a good number of points versus Buffalo. I think it was like 111 total points were scored in that game. Uh, Northwestern Minnesota is also canceled, as Keith mentioned. Maryland and Michigan. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if four five more games get canceled between now and Saturday. So if any of our locks do have a canceled or postponed game, we apologize. We try to record these podcasts a little bit later just to avoid that. Um, That's pretty much all the games I like for this weekend. Zach, any games you're looking forward to watching? There's a few, a couple of them that you guys mentioned. And then I do like Memphis plus one and a half against Tulane. I mean, I probably won't bet it, but getting Memphis as underdogs against an, an average team is pretty good bet. Every week that I bet on Tulane, they would somehow blow it. And every week I don't, they win. So I'm fading that game. So it looks like they're probably going to win this week. <laughs> By all means. Um, I like the over in Texas A&M versus Auburn. It's at 48 and a half right now. I know Texas A&M is a good team this year, but I think Auburn's going to score some points. So I like the over in that game. Rutgers plus 11 against Penn State. Penn State, I don't think, is 11 points better than anybody, so I like that bet there. Oregon State plus 11 at Utah. Utah's looked a little shaky this year so far, and Oregon State just beat Oregon last weekend. I like the Beavers to at least cover plus 11 in that one. Yeah, it looks like uh, Rutgers is 4-2 and two against the spread this year. So Penn State's 1-5 and five against the spread, so take that how you will. Uh, let's go ahead and move along into our Lightning Locks, the segment where we give our Locks of the Week in a rapid two-minute format. Let's start with Zach this week, guys. Zach, you are not locking any games this week. Can you explain to our audience what is going on? 
Yeah, so I am taking a bye week. I just need to watch some football without any like stress or bias or any type of concern. I just need to watch football as a fan and enjoy the games for a weekend and get myself on track next week. I've lost a couple games that just frustrated me and stressed me out too much for me to be concerned with right now. been working too much, so I need to just take a week off. I did end up winning the parlay lock that I had last week, then my other two locks didn't pull through. So um, at 8-11 and 11 on the year, I'm going to take a week off, just kind of enjoy some football, and then gather myself, get ready for next week. As Zach said, we want to bring up a point. This podcast is a weekly podcast. Every week, we put our money where our mouth is on our locks. Don't feel compelled to make bets just because the game is on. If you're feeling burnt out or if you're watching football and getting angry because things aren't going your way, maybe it's time to take a step back. You don't have to bet every single game just because also good sometimes to just step back and just watch football and appreciate not having to sweat every second of a game or a garbage time touchdown with a two-point conversion that comes back to bite you in the ass and you lose you know stuff like that it's just you don't have to even worry about it you can kind of laugh if it happens to other people it's like a misery loves company thing we are happy that you're taking a week off if it's going to be ultimately what it takes to end fade zach which was about to make its return you did go one and two technically since last episode. I do get it. You know, you have the worst record of the three of us. Now, eight and 11, you're kind of slacking <laughs> a little bit. So we don't want to give you too hard of a time because we do want you to come back next week and make some locks. Yeah, I'll sweat y'all's with you and that'll be good. I'll be back. Yeah, to piggyback off of that, any week that you're not losing money is a win. I mean, even a push is a win because that's money that's staying in your pocket. So, you know, definitely don't force any bets especially if you don't feel comfortable making them or you feel like you're on a bad streak. Take a step back, take a few deep breaths, recollect yourself. Having said all of that, I got some bets, guys. Let's go ahead and get into my lightning walk for college football. This week, the lines are a little tougher for college football than they have been previously, in my opinion. I know there's a lot of lines that Keith likes, uh, but I got to get creative with a three-team teaser. At plus 120 odds, I am teasing seven and a half points to get Buffalo land four points versus Ohio, Georgia Tech, plus 14 versus NC State, and Colorado State plus 15 versus San Diego State. Got to get this teaser rolling with some action. I honestly can see Buffalo covering the original 11.5 point spread in this game, but I see them winning by more than four 99% of the time in this matchup. Jarrett Patterson is no match for Mac running defenses. He might hit the over by himself. Moving to my next game, we all know how trash NC State is after this past weekend, so I think the chances of them beating Georgia Tech by more than two scores are pretty low. That's the second leg of this teaser. And for my lock last week, I had to power through a nap, as I said earlier, while watching the terribly boring CU Buffs versus San Diego State game. Colorado State isn't the best this year, but they have a decent enough offense to hang within 15 versus the Aztecs. And that is my college football lock of the week. Seven and a half point teaser at plus 120 odds. Lock it up, boys. Keith, what you got for us? So like I said earlier, I almost picked Okie State minus two and a half, but I found a line, kind of a diamond in the rough. I found the San Jose State Spartans in a pick against the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. This game was originally supposed to be played at San Jose State, but due to the COVID restrictions for Santa Clara County that have banned all in-person sporting events as well as contact sports being played, uh, this game has been moved to Hawaii. And for whatever reason, this game is a pick in the books. I am not understanding why, as San Jose State is 4-0 on the season. Meanwhile, Hawaii is sitting at 3-3, just very middling within the conference. Uh, San Jose State is putting up... 29 and a quarter points a game and if you take out their first game against Air Force actually putting up 33 and a third points a game 
I know that since San Jose State has to go on the road and they're expecting a home game, this might put them at a bit of a competitive disadvantage, but the Spartans are far too good of a team to let that affect them. I think they're going to run up and down the field on Hawaii, and so I am going to lock these boys up and throw away the key. I really like that bet, Keith. Uh, San Jose State is getting 94% of the bets on this game. It looks like since the original game was postponed, they reposted the line, and it's gone as far as one point in either direction so far. So Hawaii's not very good. They do play a little bit better in Hawaii, obviously. Definitely see them losing by a touchdown or more if they're playing in California, but they'll still probably lose by that much in Hawaii. So like that lock, Keith, San Jose State money line is currently minus 110. So that's going to do it for us in terms of college football for this week, guys. Let's move along to the NFL. For our NFL version of WTF this week, Keith locked up the Raiders laying three points versus the Falcons. Keith will explain WTF went wrong with this game and how watching this play out can adjust our expectations for future games. This is one of those games for the Raiders that you just throw out the film for because there's really nothing to be learned. Everything that could go wrong for them did. Three fumbles and a pick six from Derek Carr. Another fumble from Josh Jacobs. Five punts. All that added up to the Raiders getting thoroughly dismantled by the Falcons 43-6. and six. I completely got this one wrong, and I will own up to that. But anybody who bet on the Falcons more than plus three, you're just a sick individual. Because why, why would you ever do that with your money? But I thought the Raiders nearly sweeping the Chiefs would fire them up. Instead, it did just the opposite and left them deflated. I mean, maybe it was the 10 a.m. West Coast start time. Who knows? Maybe their body clocks were off. But of course, in a lost season, also, the Falcons did themselves no favors in terms of their draft position by winning this game. So... Um, One thing I think we can take from this game as well is that the Raiders might come out this weekend a little bit pissed off. They do play the New York Jets. Back on the New York Jets team total bandwagon, taking the under, concurrently get under 17.5 at plus 105 odds. You got to think the Raiders have something to prove after getting their asses just absolutely blown out by the Falcons. You know, Sam Darnold is back. I did figure out the problem. We were betting the Jets team total under when he locked it, Keith. Elite Flacco. So now that Sam Darnold's back, I think maybe the Raiders, maybe they step it up a little bit after playing really, really bad. I think if you would have taken the Falcons to win by 35 points, uh, it was something like plus 5,000 odds. To the one guy out there that bet that, congrats. No, no. To the one guy out there who bet that, you're a sick, sick individual and you need help. Uh, Speaking of Elite Flacco, I don't know that Elite Flacco is good for 17 points. I think Elite Flacco is good for tossing the ball downfield and getting wild-ass 40-yard pass interference penalties. And then that helps to put points on the board, whereas you got Sam Darnold, who's out there, in his own words, seeing ghosts. I I think Flacco is just making the veteran move, knowing his own limitations and playing for the penalties, and Darnold is just completely lost out there. Moving out of that WTF game that ruined a lot of parlays this weekend, the public was definitely taking the Raiders in that game. So rest in peace to all of our monies and to your lock, Keith. Um, in other news, probably the weirdest NFL game, the Saints defeated the Broncos in Denver 31-3 without a quarterback on the roster. They had to call up Wake Forest wide receiver off the practice squad, Kendall Hinton, to start this game. The Saints' bias for me and Keith has led to us not really betting them week to week, but this was probably the most predictable game of all time. Saints initially were a six and a half point favorite and at game time i want to say it was 17 points mm-hmm. you still would have covered that easily if you had bet it saints running game had 220 yards on the ground amazing versus that broncos defense Vic fangio has got to be on the hot seat but he will make a perfect defensive coordinator for some team in the near future Another news, Mahomes continues to separate himself from the field in the MVP race. 
with the Chiefs defeating the Bucks 27-24, which came largely behind Tyreek Hill's 13 receptions for 269 and three scores. Cheetah. That man went off, and he had 200 yards in the first quarter. He was on pace at one point in this game to go for 1,000 yards. That is just an absurdity, and I've never seen anything like that. Mahomes' futures, by the way, guys, are now down to minus 400 odds, so that lock I made a couple weeks back is looking pretty good. We got him at plus 200, now just a matter of time. Yeah, I picked him up at plus 200 for 50 bucks, and I'm quite pleased at that. We're moving along in the AFC South. The Titans defeated the Colts 45-26 to to take first place in the division. Running back Derrick Henry had 178 yards on 27 carries with three touchdowns. He's the only person who might have a slight chance now at taking the MVP from Mahomes, but don't put your money on it. So the NFL just does not love running backs. They don't like to pay running backs. They don't like to give running backs national awards. It, it's just not pretty for running backs. A little piece of news that we thought was interesting. Uh, on Monday night, a better placed a $500,000 wager on Seattle minus six and a half versus the Eagles. Philly ultimately scored in garbage time and went for two for the game to end at 23 to 17. 70% of the money in this game was behind Seattle and the points. So the books can thank Carson Wentz for that one. Zach, I know you said you wanted to say something about this game, something that we have brought up numerous times on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. This is what we're talking about. This guy clearly wasn't listening to our podcast. Bet the favorites early. I got Seattle at minus six. That ended up pushing. I didn't lose any money. I didn't lose 500000 like this guy did. Also, if you miss a line early, keep your money. Be disciplined and just don't take that line. Brutal loss regardless. So bet favorites early. Or if you miss the line, get an alternate spread. There's no shame in finding a spread that you like for reduced odds, or at least you don't get screwed over by Doug Peterson and his analytics in a game like this. Regardless of all of that, you know this guy, no matter how much money he has, $500,000 is still $500,000, and he probably punched a brick. There was no chance in hell that the Eagles deserved to have covered in that game. Oh, yeah. In another game where the spread was compromised in the final minutes of garbage time on Wednesday afternoon over six days after the game was originally scheduled the Ravens and Steelers game was played to finally settle Zach's two-leg Thanksgiving parlay and my lock taking the Steelers laying four and a half points you bet Steelers early at four and a half you covered with them winning 19 to 14 <laughs> and if you bet them late and took them at 10 and a half you lost it was a pretty ridiculous game for a Wednesday outing kind of sloppy uh, kind of what we expected glad to finally have gotten this game over with they did finish finish it during week 12 so some books still honored the original bets and others just canceled that shit as fast as they could so luckily FanDuel is where I had this bet don't really recommend FanDuel because DraftKings is where it's at but all your money on DraftKings are the best that's besides the point ended up getting two little Wednesday locks from two episodes ago that was nice the Steelers won that game 19 to 14 like I said yeah it was a very sloppy game I was glad I just took the Steelers money line because they were dropping almost every pass. It just seemed like Big Ben threw that pick in the end zone early in the game. And it was just, this game was pretty tough watch. It, it seemed like Wednesday night action football, but it was an NFL game. Glad we both walked out of there with a win. The Steelers look pretty rough for 11-0 team. I'm just going to leave it at that can't count the number of weeks now that we've said that the Steelers are overrated. I cannot wait until they get a bye week in the playoffs and then they lose to some screw-up. It's going to be beautiful. Bud Dupree tore his ACL in this game too, which is a big loss for that defense. Uh, moving out of games from last week, let's go ahead and get into our NFL lightning locks for this week. Uh, since I went first for college, Keith, you want to go ahead and give us your lightning lock for the NFL this week? Yeah, so for my NFL lock, 
I considered last week shying away after Notre Dame won. Should have just taken my own advice and I decided to lock the Raiders. I could have also just gone full homer and bet my own teams. Notre Dame and the Saints would have won. Did not do that either. So my last three NFL locks have not gone well. I am considering fading the NFL, but I found a four-way parlay. I'm going to take you boys up on your strategy of just doing parlays. And we'll see if I have better luck this week. So I have got D-Gen. <laughs> Hey, you're not a DJ if you're winning. So this week I have got four home favorites and I've got the Dolphins, Vikings, Packers, and Chiefs. And this parlay comes out to plus 103 odds. The Dolphins are at home against the Bengals who do not have Joe Burrow. The Vikings are at home against the Jaguars who are starting Mike Glennon for some reason. Packers are at home against the Eagles who are going nowhere extremely fast. And the Chiefs are at home against the Broncos who, to their credit, will have a quarterback on the roster this week. But to their discredit, they are a horrible team. So that is my four-way parlay this week. Lock it up, boys. Like it, Keith. Finally learning the ways of the Moneyline parlays on the says. That's all I got. I can't rhyme anymore. <laughs> uh, Zach is not locking any games this week. But uh, last week, guys, I locked the Giants and Browns both to win in a two-way parlay at minus 115 odds. You tailed. Congrats. As neither of those teams covered the spread, but both ended up winning to get my lock record to 10-9. Ultimately, with the Steelers game, all the way up to 11-9. But 500. Let's keep it up this week. This week, I am locking up over 47 in the Eagles versus Packers game on Sunday afternoon. Both these teams need to win this game for different reasons. Run up the score, Packers. Get the Eagles going for two-point conversions, because this game is hitting over, over 47 for the Eagles and Packers game this week, boys. Lock it up. So that is going to do it for our lightning locks for the NFL this week. Ready to touch on the games from last week. Is there any other lines or games that we are looking at that we are not locking up, boys? Perhaps at Buffalo minus one and a half at the San Francisco 49ers? These are some tricky lines. I don't know. They just beat the Rams, so it's it's hard to say. I mean, I, You think the 49ers are going to come out winning that game? I'm kind of on tilt over these games. That's a Monday night game, too, if I'm not mistaken. So. We've got the Saints minus two and a half at the Falcons. The fan to me really wants to take that. The Falcons last week make me shy about that. The Saints-Falcons game last year that the Saints should have won where they lost 23-9 makes me shy about that. Taysom Hill's recent struggles make me shy about that. Really, I'm just trying to talk down the Saints right now so they'll come through with a win because your boy needs his team to keep that winning streak going. So I'm going to neg the Saints into a victory this week. Uh, Zach's Bears play the Lions, and they are currently a three-point favorite in that game. Matt Nagy has come out and said good old Mitchell Trubisky will be getting the start, and the Lions just fired their head coach is what I've heard, so they should be coming out looking a little bit better possibly. Yeah, I don't trust the Bears to win this game or any game. I don't know if y'all watch Sunday night, but I'm just glad we don't have any more primetime games so nobody else has to watch. It's bad, but hopefully the Lions win and we'll get our coach fired. Addition by subtraction. <laughs> Wishful thinking right there. Titans minus five and a half versus the Browns. I think the Titans are looking good. I know that Zach thinks that the Browns have a chance, but Derrick Henry is a stud. He's just running over fools right now. Is this the week that the Raiders come back and, and actually win? Or is this the week the Jets get their first win? Eh, probably not. <laughs> is this the week the Raiders actually cover? <laughs> Fuck both of these teams, man. It is getting later in the year. These lines aren't getting any easier. So maybe Zach can come back with some newfound knowledge next week after having just watched the games on the sidelines, holding the clipboard. Me and Keith are probably going to be fully emerged either between a couple money line parlays or some crazy round robins that Keith probably has. He won't tell us about unless they win, but I digress. Can't talk about them until they win. 
wrapping up the NFL, NBA is making its return. I'm a big Pelicans fan. Memphis's City Edition jerseys are a little bit cooler than the Pelicans. You definitely got to get one of those off Alibaba. <laughs> exactly. 100%. They're clean. The Pelicans are playing versus the Miami Heat on Christmas Day this year. Then we got the Saints playing on Christmas Day. I know we're a couple weeks early. Hallelujah. What a great gift. I'm going to be at home, not going anywhere this year because of COVID. I'm not going to the airport. Thanksgiving, I saw some videos of people standing with their mask on their chin. I'm not going through that. I'm going to be watching all the New Orleans teams. Probably going to parlay the Pelicans and the Saints to both win. Probably not going to win that bet, but should be fun to watch. The Pelicans roster, oh man, I'm just a straight up roster bait. Just thinking about how good we're going to be. We're going to win at least 40 games this year. It's going to be sick. Oh, yeah, I'm excited for basketball to get started and to see, see what the Grizzlies have to offer and, and to see how the whole league is as a whole entity this year outside of Orlando, trying to get back into the real world a little bit. should be a really good year for basketball. We'll have to find a way to transition this podcast from football to basketball. We'll work on that over time. But that is really all I got. I know we always talk about how great DraftKings is too, but can I just give a shout out to BetMGM, my new second favorite sports betting platform i'm seeing jamie fox commercials left and right after every youtube video that i watch trying to market whatever promo they got going on that i've probably already used a couple times mgm you are stepping it up whenever games are coming off the board because of covid you are leaving them up a little bit too long i really like that as well so props mgm got to give you a shout out if you have a partner program we will definitely listen to what you say after DraftKings gets back to us well that's gonna wrap it up for us for this episode guys Thanks again to Zach and Keith. Really appreciate you guys coming out. Guys, if you want to keep up with what we're up to in between episodes, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ZNJSB Podcast. We're also on the Action Sports app where we post our locks every week. Our podcast is now available on all major platforms, including YouTube. We upload at least once a week. Last week, we got through two episodes. We were feeling good. It was the holidays. This week, probably we're going to do one. We will meet up again sometime around Tuesday or Wednesday to go over our four locks going 4-0 for the first time. That's going to do it for us, guys. Thanks again for listening. This is episode 12. It is December 2nd. I'm Zach. I'm Jack. I'm Keith. Thanks again for listening, guys. May all your bets prosper. Peace. Deuces.